Hi, I'm Greg Yellen with Reynolds & Reynolds, and this is Connected. Today, I get to talk with Sean Reyes. Sean is the Chief Marketing Officer at Recall Masters. We're going to dive into the recall process as it stands today and what's changed recently and where there's opportunity for dealers to really capitalize. Uh, This is actually part one of a two-part series, so make sure to look for part two coming out in two weeks. Thanks so much, and let's get connected. Sean, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for uh, hopping on. Thank you so much for having me here, Greg. Pleasure. Yep. Absolutely. So, Sean, today I want to talk about the uh, the recall process. And, and recalls, you know, it's something that's been around forever in the industry. Um, but you're pretty passionate and focused on, on fixing the process and, and digging into it and figuring out where it can be better, really. So so tell me a little bit about that. Why, why the recall process? Why is that the focus for you? Well, it begins with really our reputation as an industry is at stake. Um, I think it all started back in the uh, late 60s with a gentleman by the name of Ralph Nader, who explored uh, uh, rear collisions with the Chevrolet Corvette that led to uh, an eruption of the gas tank and and led to several deaths and injuries. And and in that time, uh, the federal government, along with the manufacturers, assemble an agreement that this is uh, not in the best interest of consumers, nor the industry, nor the government. So um, in that same vein, um, we're kind of picking up where we're at now in a modern era of of recalls and and what occurs at the dealer level. So a lot of the uh, discussion uh, that has brought us up to this point is at a federal level, right, between the manufacturers and the federal government. But all of the repairs, all of the incidences, the vehicles, the consumers, the vehicle owners are all at, at a local level. And so that's what we're here to do is facilitate that connection. Yeah. And what I mean, I would say, you know, it's kind of always been that way. So what's what's changed? I mean, why why is now, uh, I guess, an opportune time for, for dealers to dig into this and, and make changes on their end? Well, it really stems from the fact that one in four vehicles on the road today have a dangerous recall. Um, So what we've been doing thus far um, is not really addressing uh, overall safety um, for for the average driver and those that share the road with them. Uh, A lot of that has to do with the fact that the the rate of compliance is uh, is being outpaced by the, the rate of new Uh, recalls that are hitting the market. So we've got to find a way, a different way, a better way for our industry uh, to address this growing growing need uh, from consumers. And of course, as vehicles get more complex, they're more like computers than they are machines. Uh, We've got to address what's happening uh, with that technology and and how it is that we uh, meet the needs of consumers as they go on to become new consumers of these vehicles that that are very dangerous. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, all right. So, take a step back and, and bridge a gap for me. Something that it just doesn't it doesn't connect for me very well is is why is this even a problem? I mean, consumers. If I own a car, right, I get notified when there's a recall. Right. I get a push notification on my phone. Like I have a I have a Ford. So the Ford Pass app literally pushes me a notification. Says, hey, there's a recall. You click a button, you read it, right. and then you can schedule an appointment at a, at a local dealer. Um, so it, it seems like kind of a no brainer. I mean, there's no no cost for the consumer. Um, it costs time, right? It's a matter of scheduling and convenience, but um, it just seems like something that should, shouldn't be a problem. So dig into that right. for me a little bit. Well, yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, what you would think would be something as a no-brainer tends to be very difficult when it gets down to the consumer level. So I think it's about 30%. We did a consumer ser- survey a couple of years ago that showed that 30% of consumers don't even realize how a recall gets repaired, who pays for it, where do I go? 
Um, and so we've got to bridge that gap. We've got to make it easier. Um, on the same time, um, vehicles are exchanging hands at a much more rapid pace, especially since the pandemic. Older vehicles are in the market for a longer period of time, right? So um, many of these out-of-market or out-of-warranty vehicles don't even get service at a dealership where they can be checked for a recall. Um, and so when they do, even when those vehicles come into the dealership, three to 5% aren't even checked for a recall by the same make uh, dealership. So it's happening at the dealership level where um, vehicles just aren't being checked for a dangerous recall. They get missed. And that's just the pace of business today. Um, that uh, again, and you add to it the fact that vehicles are in circulation for a longer period of time due to the pandemic. Um, we're, we're, we're really having to put together the right solutions that that connect those dealers together with the owners. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And, and another thing too, Sean, that, that I was thinking about when I was prepping for our conversation that, that uh, you know, it was a little bit of a shift for me. When I think about recalls, I've always thought about the, the service drive, right? And I own the vehicle, I get a notification, there's there's a recall in your car, you take it in, you know, you expect that the dealer is going to do their their multi-point inspection and then handle the recall and you're on your way. But there, on the flip side of it, there's um, used vehicle reconditioning as well, right? So, and especially with, with the state of inventory today, um, used vehicle reconditioning on off-make vehicles. So right. can you talk a little bit about that? It struck me as something that, that might end up, and if we go down a, a hole that's not interesting and then we can we can shift gears, <laughs> but uh, it seemed like... Yeah. Seems like something that would be worth talking about a little bit is is that off make used inventory that you're taking in. Yeah, no, it's happening all the time right now. I think uh, dealers are not only looking to sell the inventory they've got on the lot, but they're willing to take in off brand vehicles. Um, and some of those may in fact uh, have on them a dangerous recall that they're unaware of. I mean, it's easy for a Chevy dealer to check uh, the Chevy database for a stop sale, but if you're taking in a Nissan. Um, at a Chevy dealer, you don't have any idea unless it's a unless it's a NHTSA uh, mandated recall. So these TSBs or voluntary recalls that are not yet um, designated as NHTSA recalls um, can be troublesome for a dealer because maybe parts aren't available or they maybe possess a very dangerous recall that is unsafe for the consumer. And yet, because they're an off-brand. Um, you wouldn't you wouldn't be aware of that unless you were again had access to this kind of data. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you mentioned a, a term there, voluntary recalls. Um, it stood out to me. Is, is there such a thing as an involuntary recall? Kind of what's the, define <laughs> voluntary recall for me? Yeah, voluntary versus involuntary. So back in '69, when NHTSA first was created, there was this agreement between the federal government and the manufacturers that. Uh, there would be a lot more transparency about manufacturing defects. It was good. It was good for all of us. We all benefited from that. Um, however, as vehicles have gotten more complex, and you could look at your own vehicle today, there's things like lane correction technology and anti-braking technology. There's so much new technology uh, that are being integrated in these vehicles today. NHTSA, as a government agency, can't perform the same uh, at the same speed, the, these investigations, opening them, completing the investigation, then closing them. So uh, these, quote unquote, what start off as a voluntary recall um, is really the birthplace of tomorrow's NHTSA mandated recalls. In fact, 
Last year, when we did our state of recalls and something that we do every year, um, we recognize that 39% of these voluntaries uh, were also uh, high risk recalls. So in previous years, that number ran anywhere between 17 to 19%. Um, and now at 39%, it's, it's reached an alarming rate where um, these aren't just uh, volume knobs coming off of the radio, but these are really serious risks to the average consumer. And, and the manufacturers want help. They need help. They're, they're asking for NHTSA to move faster through these investigations to, um, to alert consumers. But, uh, you know, the, the, these investigations take time. So. Yeah, well, and they should, right? I mean, they got to get it right. You don't want to, you don't be wrong on something like this. So it, it's it's expensive. It's costly. Um, it, it does put, you know, a strain on dealer resources too. So um, good. All right. Well, thanks for for diving in a little bit there, Sean. Um, Sean, you know what? We got we had a long conversation. Let's let's pause here and we'll uh, we'll wrap for our, our first session and then uh, we'll we'll finish up this conversation on uh, on part two that'll come out in a couple of weeks. That sound all right with you? Yeah, that's perfect. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Sean. Before we hop off, don't forget, you can watch or listen to episodes of Connected on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. And make sure to subscribe so you're notified every other week when new episodes are released. We'll see you in two weeks for part two of this conversation with Sean Reyes.